Welcome to Tell Me More, Tell Me More, the podcast. I'm your host, Leah. And I'm your host, Adesia. And this is a movie musical podcast where we watch a movie musical and then we talk about it. And we are in Streisand, September, which means, well, it doesn't necessarily directly mean this, but we're doing A Star is Born. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Which is not, like, a movie I immediately would jump to if you just said Barbara Streisand. I wouldn't be like, oh, yes, The Star is Born. But um, I I can't tell you what... Considering that's the first Barbara Streisand movie I ever saw. (laughs) (laughs) That is fair. I would have gone to... um, It's such a long title. Something like On a Clear Day, something, something or other. Anyway, that is... Neither of the of those are what we're talking about today. A Star is Born is the <laughs> thing that we were talking about. Do you have any history with it? With this version, absolutely none. Um, excepting for the fact that I think I know Chris Christopherson from something else. But no, I don't have any <laughs> connection to this movie <laughs> at all. That's fair. How about you? Same. Absolutely no connection to the entire franchise, to be fair. Like, I've franchised the entire, <laughs> like, lineup of A Star Is Borns, except for the fact that I know the song Shallow. That's, like, the closest connection I have. And He's that's not in even Blade. From movie, that's so where like... I know Chris Christopherson from. He's in Blade. From what? <laughs> Oh, Blade. Blade. The, the vampire movie? Yes. Well, okay. Well, then that, that's our history. <laughs> um, I guess we can get into it. Um, not going to yeah. lie, I watched this like a week or so ago, or maybe two. I don't know. Same. Time is a weird thing. So, like, I don't know. And also, it's kind of not gonna lie not memorable so when it comes to the songs i'm just like oh what were they again i i I, when i was watching it for the first time first time i think i told you it's like i don't fully understand the plot am i missing something they just seem to be swapping (laughs) lives and getting semi-naked a lot like i don't they take baths together what is happening yeah (laughs) yes it almost feels very slice of life because it's just like things happen but it doesn't feel like things happen with the purpose like there's a like a full-on story in mind it's just kind of like these are the lives of two like celebrities as one becomes one and one becomes disillusioned from it or whatever we open the film with Chris Christopherson who in this uh, movie is John Norman Howard John Howard as uh, Esther Hoffman who is Barbara Streisand always calls him John Howard you will never forget that his name is John Howard and she never just calls him John but still mm-hmm. we open on a concert arena full of people it kind of looks a bit 
Well, it looks a little country, but I think it's just the time that it's set in. That's how everyone dressed. But there's like... It seems to be getting slightly out of hand when we come upon the scene because everyone's cheering and stomping. They seem to be waiting for the rock star that hasn't arrived yet. There's a child wandering by herself. Lord knows. (laughs) Um, But yeah, everyone's clapping and stomping. Prepare to see John Howard um, who has a roadie. God bless his soul um, who just seems to have the best interest uh, for him. But he arrives late um he is intoxicated uh he comes out of his uh car his chauffeured car uh with a woman is assaulted by paparazzi um brushes them off he goes to the stage and proceeds to sing a song forget it halfway I think, and then sing another song, um, yeah. which yeah, kind of sets the tone like, of, are you a figment of my imagination, or I or yours, or something like that, because that's, I guess, part of the song. Yeah. Um, and then, like, yeah, somewhere in the middle, he's just like, oh, well, gonna switch gears, and everyone's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> what do you mean? The song he sings initially is watch closely now watch closely Uh, now so I think after the second song which involves a lot of going to hells um he leaves the stage and I will admit this part is a bit of a blur to me because he just he leaves and drives off in the night and the concert wasn't over so he just yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> it's so strange so i don't know own... he's just it's it's just like a, he leaves a his demonstration own concert, of like he does not care at all yeah yeah but um yeah he just seems very like you mentioned before just very disillusioned very over the whole life he does um cocaine um it it just seems like he's he's not in a good place mentally um but uh they end up taking him to a bar um he goes in he tries to argue with the um one of the waitresses I believe or one of the bartenders I'm not sure but um, he brings in alcohol into the bar but they don't have a license for the hard I think he had like whiskey or something they don't have a license for hard liquor so they only have like a wine license I'm supposing Um, he's arguing with her meanwhile on stage Esther who again Barbara Streisand is singing with her to um other vocalists i forget what their little group was called but they were i'm singing, pretty sure it's um, oreo yes oreo that's that yeah. was it because i heard it she's and the I was white like, in the huh? middle 
Yeah, because they, they say Oreo, and then, like, it's, like, a beat before they show the, like, all three of them. So once you see all yeah. three of them, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Absolutely. It's two black women and the one white woman. Oh, God, I swear to God. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but initially, she's singing Queen Bee. They are singing Queen Bee. Uh, while John Norman John John Norman is arguing then while John Norman is arguing she she finishes the song and then puts the mic right under his face so everyone can hear him and he realizes oh shit he's kind of drawing attention to himself again when he really just seems completely pleased with Esther's performance, her singing, everything about that. He's just enraptured by it. And yeah, you he just, wants to he, watch he it, came... but then there's this like guy that comes up to him that's like yeah. trying to he's like a huge fan or whatever. And the more that John is like, hey no, I'm trying to watch a performance here, the fans like, hey, you're <laughs> you're only famous because I'm your fan. And, like, gets more yeah. and more upset. And it's like, oh, parasocial relationships are so weird. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, I felt so concerned for him. Because, also, they kept trying to push him to go on stage and sing a song. But he'd already... I don't know if they'd missed that Esther had already come down and warned him for messing up her act. Like, if that was just a thing that they just did not care about. Or maybe they were at the concert that he left um, <laughs> abruptly and were like, Hey, we kind of paid to see you and you weren't there anymore, so do this. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the, it was it was literally just the guy as well because the girl he was with was just like, uh, sure, but can we leave? Like, she wasn't saying anything. She seemed so yeah. not wanting to be there. But um, as Esther is singing everything, yeah, they're singing everything. Um, everything, everything. A fight breaks out. I'm kidding. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I listened to it, I swear, but I just like, I'm just like, what? A fight breaks out. Um, everyone thinks John Norman is to blame. And he is a little bit. But it's more like he's to blame because his presence um, instigates. He's distracted. <laughs> this, do they do they end up running out at the bar together? I yes. think so. She helps and then John he gives her uh, a ride? escape through the back. And he gives her a ride. Um, initially, they... Uh, John was like, uh, they're going to a, a, a motel, and Esther's like, no, take me home. What the... This is what I get, riding in cars with strangers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they have a bit of banter back and forth, and they seem to, like, kind of hit it off a little bit unexpectedly. Um, but... Yeah, it's sort of uh, like Esther that typical gets out. kind of, like, like we're arguing but like really this is like subtextually we're undressing each other or whatever 
Yeah. This movie is very sexual. Like, it's it's yeah. really, like, intimate. Like, if you... Like, this is a warning. Like, if you aren't prepared for that, then please it's be. the 70s. If you plan to watch this. I know. But it... I don't think I was expect... I should have, like, looked at the movie poster and understood. But... <laughs> I just I just did not compute that this was actually what it was about um, but uh, Esther goes home and invites John to come back for breakfast so John just ends up sleeping in, in the vehicle <laughs> not far from Esther's house and the chauffeur comes back and with the pizza, and they have breakfast pizza. It's so yeah. like I don't even understand. Like this could never happen now. Like John Norman would be such a weird person, like to think Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Now. Absolutely. Just like I can't <laughs> see like. I don't know, Nick Jonas is not, maybe not the exact one-to-one, but, like, <laughs> meeting Nick Jonas, a single Nick Jonas, at, like, a pub because I was singing and he was there trying to just chill or whatever, and then I'm like, hey, give me a ride home, or he's like, hey, give let me give you a ride home. He gives me a ride home and is like, hey, want to hang out some more? And I'm like, my guy, I just want to go to bed. And he's like, you know what, I'll come back for breakfast. And, like, two minutes later... You know, it's eight o'clock and he's like, Hi I barely slept. Here's some pizza. I'd be like I don't know, Nick. Um you know, I thought you were cool, but this is concerning. <laughs> and then she they have the conversations they have. I I like the dialogue. But some of the conversations they have are when you when you when maybe maybe it's just the time maybe it's just the time that it was written in um but she agrees to go with him to his next concert um and they take a helicopter to get their fancy uh ride and all they go to his concert god he's just he's such a he has so many antics. He he starts to like do the performance, and then he runs off because he's so distracted by Esther being there. And Esther's like, "What are you doing? Get back on stage!" And he's like, "No." And then he spots a a motorcycle, and the guy who owns the motorcycle is like. Oh, hey man, it's all yours because he's just so excited that John Norman like spoke to him. So John Norman takes the motorcycle and starts to wheel it around um, on the on the dirt behind the stage, and then drives it up the ramp onto stage, and then starts like doing three sixties um, on the stage. And I'm just looking. I was looking at everything being plugged in, and the crowd is just eating it up. They're just like, well, initially they were pissed off that he left because he does that, and then 
he comes back on a motorcycle and they're just like oh my god this is so cool meanwhile the roadies and the manager brian is just like oh god oh god oh god and esther's like what the fuck is happening and then he ends up driving um well knocking into some uh amplifiers causing them to cascade down he has to leap uh, <laughs> for his life because he's tossed off the stage into the crowd the amps come down into the crowd the guy who owns the mo- the motorcycle comes down up off the stage i i actually laughed when he leapt down because he was just kind of a geronimo kind of leap off the stage and i'm just like is it that high because oh god um <laughs> and everyone had to call for an ambulance all of the entourage leave. Esther gets lost in the in the confusion. Just absolute chaos. People get injured <laughs> at the thing. It's just oh god. He only seems to have gotten minimal injuries from that. Like he was wearing like a a wrapping on his wrist, um, and he's just lounging in the pool um, on a floaty. As um, his managers like trying to look into how they could like maybe spin this in a potentially good way because this is such bad publicity, it's real bad. Oh, and there's like the radio DJ has a helicopter, and like the frick, and he shoots at the you helicopter. You remember so many more details I... than I do. I'm like, <laughs> I vaguely remember this happening, <laughs> and you're like. And this happened. And then this happened. Which no, is great because just... you're doing the plot. No. But No, th- but that's why I, I kept looking for things, looking for the plot. It wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it just it was it just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I was like, who is this person in the helicopter? Why is he shooting at the helicopter? Does he hate them? Um, and then he goes to to see the same person, and he brings alcohol. But what's his name? His name is BB Jesus. Of course it is. So he he comes to the the radio station and tries to uh, give him the alcohol, and you know, I. He, the 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 DJ doesn't accept it. BB Jesus doesn't accept it, and says live on air a whole host of bad things about John. And John throws the alcohol into the the glass window of the DJ booth. Just so, and then he's like, <laughs> he's like, take it up with my lawyer. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. Oh, and Esther's there. Because she was doing a recording <laughs> with her other Oreos. And I remember, I don't know who it was, but someone was like, you, the kinky haired one. And I'm just like, sake. <laughs> oh, because she was the only, like, of the two, of the other people there, two of whom are black, the black people had straight hair and she had curly hair so she is the kinky haired one rather than being you know the white one <laughs> but i guess that's inappropriate to say um <laughs> they still just be like hey denise sing here or whatever 
Like, it's really not uh, But, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, I think, uh, I don't know how John and Esther meet there, but I know they end up going to John's mansion afterwards. And he's so crazy, he just takes some spray paint and just starts writing her name on the wall. Backwards? He uh, wrote it backwards. I don't know. He's just so <laughs> annoying. Like, he's just like, I don't know. It's like attention. It's like a child, you know, like, who's like, hey, look at me. Look at me. Look at, look, look at me. I'm like, dude, you're 30. Chill. <laughs> God. This is the scene that I keep talking about where they take a bath together. And the only reason I mention it is because that is the scene I think that I saw just before I fell asleep when I was watching it the first time so I just <laughs> it's just the thing that's stuck in my mind I'm just like what is happening <sighs> you know um <laughs> but in the video I watched about um the all four A Star Is Born's movies um uh-huh. the narrator is like um, this, you know, talking about this, this, this version or whatever, and it's like, and you get to see her play with gender norms as she puts on makeup on John, um, in the bathroom. That that's the only that's the only reason why I remember that scene is that she puts on like, <laughs> or whatever. After that, um, Esther is uh, by the piano, and she starts to play, uh. It's 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 a it's a lovely tune. I don't know if it belongs to her, but um they start to she starts to play and he's like, um, what is that? And she's like, Oh something I wrote, uh, you know, um hopefully it'll be like a I forgot I forgot the word that she used, but she wants to make something more of it but she doesn't think it's gonna become really anything um because it goes too high for anyone to really sing in and john is like no that's not true and then he like steps in and just starts to create a song practically out of thin air with the music that um she's written and that is the the first moment where i'm like oh so he actually is a creative soul that you know has this ability and this is what got him to the point so why is he like this why what happened if someone told me that then i'd probably be more interested in this but all we get to see is this cranky man um and i'm just like can you show me what happened when he was like just starting out as an artist and like he was so full of this ability and potential and then us the gradual wearing down of his soul like something because right now I don't like him (laughs) and I don't know if we have enough time in this two hours to do this I think again referencing that video um they say something along the lines of throughout the Star is Borns 
um, except for this most recent one, we don't really get to know much about John before the fame or John in the, you know, at the beginning of his fame or anything like that. So we sort of see him at that level. I mean, I think, I think this version of John is probably a bit more like, you know, you know, coked up and just like done with his career kind of because he's bored or whatever the fuck's going on um but like we don't really get to know any of the johns except for the one that um that's played by bradley cooper so that might just be a fault in the franchise so that is where we get um the initial presentation of lost inside of you which comes up again um with Esther with an, a recording that's played over um, some scenes uh, but that is our first um, instance of uh, it okay that's probably the, what the, the film the, the soundtrack version is then it's just the the one yeah. that gets played in the scenes and stuff after that John has another concert he seems to be a fairly like even with all the controversy and everything, he seems fairly successful. Though this one, the crowd seems a bit more, um, well, rather a bit less um, engaged with anything that he suddenly tries, might try to do. Like they don't seem up for any antics. They literally just want to have him perform so that they get what they pay. Cause I realized too, the last two concerts that he had, he sang two songs and left at the first one and then the second one he sang a song ran off stage and then injured people with a motorcycle (laughs) and amplifiers so you you're really not getting a whole lot when you pay for a john norman concert (laughs) yeah that's that's actually really shitty Uh, like imagine like getting beyonce tickets and being like yes beyonce and you get there and she's like actually I'm just gonna kill a couple people and then that's it and you're like hold on <laughs> not what I paid for <laughs> but yes yeah, so he sings um, Hellacious is that what that is Hellacious Acres Hellacious Acres Hellacious Acres that's one second from the song I don't know if it's a refrain or part of the verse but that is what you're getting this it's just like okay the thing is none of these songs to me made me care because like i understand because i understand that it's like a musical only in the sense that there is music that happens within the in the thing but like none of it feels connected to anything so it's like really hard to remember because like any song could happen in any other point of the movie in terms of like any song that he sings and any song that she sings except for that first queen bee song but like you know oh i think i forgot no i did i was i was trying to remember something because the next song on the soundtrack is evergreen but i was like no they recorded that he before the concert he took her to record evergreen with him um after they did the piano thing 
Um, and then he took her to a concert. And apparently we can't forget about Evergreen, Evergreen because it's the love theme from this movie. So. I mean, I recognize the guitar riff. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't like, con- <laughs> I didn't like consciously, like, as I was watching it go, yes, this is something that is a song that I care about. But, you know, I mean, it won an Oscar, I guess, and the Grammy and stuff. So, like, good it for did. them. It did. I feel like it's the, um, it's, it's that era's version of, what song did Lady Gaga sing? The Shallows. Or I'm gonna, shallows. I've heard it so many times. Yeah. I was like. <laughs> I don't know the words. <laughs> I I should know it because of how many people sang it at karaoke. At karaoke? Oh my god. Time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. But it just having not been to karaoke has just completely left my mind. Still, um at the concert, getting back on track, John sings one song and he starts to leave again, but he's not leaving to leave. He left the stage to grab Esther. Um, and Esther does not want to go on stage. Understandably, she is just there to support this man, even though this man is very strange. Um, but he pulls her out on stage and he's like, This is Esther. I love her. Um, she's really good. And so then he leaves go. her on stage <laughs> to sing. I know. Okay. <laughs> so two things. Just, two things. <laughs> First of all, how did you know that she'd be able to be like, okay, I mean, yes, she's a performer. She's a singer, blah, blah, blah. She's amazing. But like, what? Second of all, her music does not necessarily fit what you'd be looking for when you go to like, a show where John Norman is a front man of a band. You know what I mean? So I was like, hang on. And none of these people are a little bit like, wait a minute, this is not, this ain't it, sis. Like, you can sing and everything, but like, no, I don't care. But, no, but the thing is, he, she was singing one of his songs because he was slick about it because when they were in his mansion at one point, she was playing the guitar and she was singing one of the lines in The Woman in the Moon, which is the song that she ends up singing on stage. But she was singing it, and he was like, no, that's not good, I need the fire, kind of a thing. And she just kept, like, banging the guitar and, like, singing that line over and over. And he's like, yeah, okay, good, continue. And I'm like, when she... I didn't realize what song it was until she sang that line, and I was like, that bastard tricked her. He made her practice his song so that when that day came, he was just going to leave her there. So she (laughs) knew a song that the band already knew. He's an evil man. (laughs) (laughs) But like, yeah, I don't know. It's still, personally for me, I'm like, again, I don't care if, you know, uh, Solange can sing love on top that's not who i came to see sing love on top this is true this is true 
But I think at this point, the crowd was just so starved for some actual <laughs> entertainment. They're like, oh, okay, yes, <laughs> like... a performance, something we are somehow missing at this concert. Or at previous concerts, <laughs> at the very least. And and we can't fault her. She was good. She was very good. To the point that as soon as she leaves the stage, Esther is now swarmed by press. She's swarmed by people trying to become her manager immediately. Um, <laughs> just like... That has to be so overwhelming. First of all, you play to one of the biggest... Like, she was singing in a bar. That's what she was singing before. Yeah. And the next step is she's singing in front of thousands, at least. And it's just, as soon as she steps off stage, everyone wants to talk to her. And I'm just like, that's nuts. That one that he he could make that happen for her is very nice. But... It's just insane. Yeah. It's meant to be a gradual thing. (laughs) Well, I mean, nowadays it's not. You can become famous for almost anything. Um, But. I'm, okay. I'm curious. Sorry. Like, totally uh, on your wavelength. And, like, you can. It's just, I'm listening to Women on the Moon. And, like, I'm curious what it sounds like when he's singing it. Cause like there's like a, a a moment in the song where she's like da, 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 and she's like doing her Barbara Streisand thing, and I'm like how how would Chris Christopherson sing this? <laughs> Just a little curious. I guess we'll never find out. What a shame. <laughs> but yes, you were saying she gets swarmed by these people who are all like, hey girl you're so amazing let's make you successful immediately but john manages to grab her and they escape uh the swarm i think uh brian ends up being her manager because brian is already john's manager but i think that's a little later they get married um in a in a in an open ceremony place, I think they yeah. they're just at the like registry place, but they yeah. managed to convince them to come outside. The woman was not having it. <laughs> She's like she was divorced, right? Um, almost said Fanny Bryce, um, Esther. <laughs> she was divorced right? <laughs> before they got married, because I remember some kind of conversation about like. He wouldn't fight with me or something, and that's why the marriage like ended. Um, and when yeah. and then she like sort of convinced him to like marry her. I can't remember. Like I remember yeah. it being a thing, but I also don't remember any of the details surrounding it. I I, I literally only remember the ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. I think John then after they get married, John agrees to take her to. Um, a house but it's actually really a plot of land so it's just an empty like acreage that he plans to build a house on have some horses stable uh, you know just a big farm kind of a thing and then they begin Um, building it where are they staying during this like montage where are they living (laughs) 
Because, like, it takes a long time to I build a house, is. first of all. Second of all, it's only two of them that we see actively doing anything. We yeah. don't see anybody else there. So, like, second, third of all, where they st- I just have so many questions about that, <laughs> that part of their lives where they just, like, chilling in the de- desert. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. They have a conversation. Um, well, they, they, they have several. But the most immediate one they have, um, I think, is that she wants to go on tour with him. Um, but he wants her to do it on her own. Also, John has this, like, petulant behavior where he, like, almost cuts off his beard. Because she, she, I don't understand him. I really don't. It's just a whole set of... Like I said, like, they get like into a an toddler. Argument. I think she says something along the lines of, um, I, I don't even like hairy men. <laughs> and he's like, okay, then I'll cut it off. And she's like, what? I won't even recognize you <laughs> without it. And has to like physically stop him from taking the scissors to his beard. Um, and I'm just like, this is... I don't know what your relationship is. This is not gonna. <laughs> this is not bode well for the future, yeah. where he acts up, and so you acquiesce to whatever he wants. Um, but uh, she tours on her own. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, he's told that, like, John. Nobody wants to see you, my guy. And he's like, yeah. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> well then, John. Um seeing that Esther is growing more successful kind of feels like maybe he's falling behind or maybe he just feels like something within him that like seeing Esther so close to him thriving with music is making him want to rekindle his own relationship with music. I don't know his motivation properly but he seems to want to get back into his whole swing of things so he goes down to the studio um but his band have become a new band without him there was something way before but they became freeway without him john trying not to show that he's actually bothered by this um tells bobby the stage manager that he's like well, you know, I, I didn't want to offend anyone, but I found some new artists um, and they, their sound is really good um, and I'm working with them now. And Bobby's just like, he can see through it like he has seen through John since the beginning, but he, he just congratulates him. John leaves. So now he is bandless, unfortunately. <laughs> That does not do well yeah. for his mental I mean, health. Um, just like uh, also, I think he God, spot- This is why I don't know. That's why he's so like annoying to me. That's why I'm like he's such like a toddler. And like I understand like also it's like masculinity, blah blah. Don't talk about your feelings. But like he doesn't like say what he means or like even mean what he says. Like he's just like saying stuff because he wants to look the coolest at any which point. And it's like, my guy, like, these are people you've known forever and ever. These are people who you create with forever and ever. You can't just be like, okay, um, 
I want to try some new stuff or whatever it is. Like, like I'm feeling like a little, you know, these are people he's known forever. Like simply because he's married now or whatever, it doesn't mean like their entire relationship doesn't exist. And that, and yes, they're practicing new stuff or whatever. But uh, you're in your thirties, my guy. Communicates. <laughs> I think I um I missed one song. I believe in love. I don't know when that came. It's like a disco-y song. Uh, <laughs> I don't know when it happens. <laughs> I can almost guarantee she's wearing a suit, um, which is pretty cool. Um, she like never changes her hair, which is like the only thing that I'm like, come on, give us more looks. Um, it's like always <laughs> the same hairstyle, but you know. Well, whatever. after after Fanny after Fanny Bryce, you demand hair looks yes. every scene. Exactly. I need a new hairstyle every scene. You can't give me you can't give me Fanny Bryce and then deliver me an Esther with no hair changes. Like I don't know. Yeah, whatever. They're not the same character. I know, but it, the movie is unbelievably very similar in some of its themes. Yeah, that is true. John um alone without um esther around uh, begins to write uh crippled cow which is a different um kind of song i don't know what the words are at that point <laughs> or what even the song's about but it has happened and that's a part of it yeah, he's recording it, which comes up again later. Um, but he keeps getting interrupted by a telephone call. He ends up taking messages for Esther until she gets home. He dodges questions about uh, how the band conversation went. And um, he reveals to Esther that she is up for a Grammy. And at the awards though, show, rather, she wins uh, Best female performance she's not with John at the um, at the award show which is questionable until he arrives and then you don't question it anymore because he cannot seem to delight in the success of others which is truly a problem that I also have John but I don't go around spoiling it because that's what he does. He shows up drunk to the award show. <laughs> he shows up drunk to the award show. And, like, Esther is just trying to power through her acceptance speech and get it over with quickly. But John makes his way onto the stage and is like, well, if she's getting the best performer, I know who should get the worst performance as award and I want mine um, like, and then he starts there aren't cursing Razzies on stage for Grammys. there aren't any Razzies for musical <laughs> performance sorry otherwise you would get it you never perform more than one song and you always end your concerts in chaos so like <laughs> he, he well really deserved does. truly if you got that award he ends up punching BB Jesus 
I think at some point Brian is informed that John just wants to release some new music because I think in in a large way Brian who was John's manager has shifted his focus to Esther who is like a very normal performer like a good talent who doesn't do potentially life-ending shit on stage. John does have new music and Brian listens to it and says that it's good but he wants to release some of the old hits on an album with the new songs. John just wants to release the new songs and so none of the songs get released at all which makes perfect sense. So then this part happens and Honestly, I just is so Quentin part, is the, the... a reporter. Okay, great. <laughs> I was like, which yeah. part is this part? But yeah, go on. She writes for a magazine. She is swimming in the mansion pool when uh, John arrives, and she is. He he lets her come inside because she's is she dripping topless wet. Topless when she's swimming, um, or is he just swimming in her clothes? I don't remember. I feel like she was topless or something because I remember just being like, "Who the fuck is this bitch?" Like, I remember being like, "Why is she here? Who is this? What did she want?" Which is like also such a strange way to go about trying to get an interview, which is what we like find out she's there to do. This is just like break into someone's house and start swimming (laughs) it's like it's the 70s so journalism is like swimming in someone's pool when they're not home hoping that they arrive so you can interview them that's so strange hoping that hoping that they arrive so that you can seduce them into an interview (laughs) that too which is what which is what happens. Uh, basically, Quentin is like, "I will do anything to get this interview," and John is like flattered because he's like, "Oh, um, you do Attention. anything to get an interview with me?" He said, "That's far out, man." And she's like, "With Esther." So yeah. I don't know how he... up until that point he's like, "No, no, no, no," and then he hears that it's not about him. And he's like, okay. Guess I'll fuck her. <laughs> well, if it's not... Yeah, he's like, well, if it's not about me, I might as well get something out of it. Yeah. So he, they go to bed together. And, of course, Esther gets home. And she walks in on them in the bed. And... Is she not yelling when she comes home, by the way? Does she not come in, like, yelling, John, where you at? Kind of thing. Yes, she does, actually. Like, yeah. You didn't... You could hear her, clearly. Did you not want to... I don't know. Change what the scene would look like for he, her? I don't think he did, is the thing. But, like, not even just I don't him. think he did. Like, the chick, as well. Whatever, and it Quentin, whatever. Like, does it, she wants an interview mm-hmm. with the lady. You think it's a good look to be, like in the middle of sucking his dick and to be like hey actually I came here to talk to you girl get a grip well clearly she 
clearly she thought it was fine and that's the kind of relationship that they have because they're rock stars I don't know because she when Esther arrives John is like hey you might want to do this quick and she's just like oh yeah let me get my tape recorder and she just holds out the mic and is like okay go yeah, that like, was have another. Have you ever thing. done an interview before? <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much. <laughs> because you... that's what I was saying. <laughs> I was like, ask a question. You want to know something? Ask her something. Don't just tell her to talk. It's so strange, this woman. And then, and then she has the audacity to be like, "Why isn't she talking to me?" <laughs> For several reasons, Quentin. <laughs> First and foremost. You're in bed with her husband? Like... <laughs> dude, anyway. And like... <sighs> and then um, Esther's like, yeah, keep that part or whatever. The fact that he slept with her in the interview. I'm like, but no words were exchanged in this entire moment. What interview does she have to present to the magazine? Uh, she has an interview on the sexual um but it's not an interview i forget the word the prowess of of i mean it's like potentially a story that's like 200 words but like there's i just it's not an interview i don't know they just need to stop saying interview because none of what anyone said involving that word meant what i think they thought they meant once quentin realizes that she's not getting this interview at all um she leaves um telling esther that he couldn't even really like get it up and esther tells her to keep that part that's um, the part where she's in the, like yeah in keep the, it in the interview in the interview esther and john have a fight as you would expect but they like have like a, a physical fight because esther has had it she's like she runs down the stairs she's like throwing things against the wall knocking things off the table and john i don't think he understands fully the degree to which he messed up um but he like grabs her and they like he's like i love you and she's like um, I hate you and then she breaks down and says that she loves him and then they kiss and I'm like dude <laughs> he just had sex with a whole other woman in your bed you cannot kiss him he's not even wearing a shirt <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. yeah I don't know like there's I don't know when this happens but like there's a bit where she's like getting really like pissed and like ah. And is like, yeah. fight me, damn it. Not those words, but like that's kind of what she's leading. She's like, friggin' the energy. argue with me. Like, stop being so docile about this. And he's just like, I don't know, man. Chill. And she's like, no. He's like, you're right, you're right. You're angry. And she's like, no. <laughs> I don't know. I find that really funny. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it was, like, not a great time for her and in that moment of the movie. But but I guess they agree to, like, say screw you to the city and, and all of its trappings. And they go back to the Adobe house. Is it an Adobe house? I don't know what it's made out of. But 
it's like the the house out west um that they built with their own two hands like the next well maybe not the next day i don't know how much time passes where they're just like off in the desert together but um john has to go and pick up the manager brian apparently esther just tells him to get back soon he drives off he's drinking he's like i'm like this is gonna end poorly isn't it like is this how a star is born ends also this because i'm just like i can see it happening so long so long yeah it as is. he's drinking and swerving and you're like you're still going initially he's listening to his <sighs> own music and then switches at some point to esther's music and then cut to his dead body <laughs> yeah, and we cut yeah pretty much we get to hear about an accident and then there's like a scene of an ambulance and there's like an overturned car and there's a body laying out under a blanket a helicopter comes in over the scene and it's Esther and Brian and they run out towards the body uh, in the blanket Esther pulls the blanket back to look at um, John, but it doesn't. She's in the denial stage of grief severely. So she just fully rejects the idea that he's dead. And she starts to clean his face. And she asks him to get a blanket to keep him because he's cold, you know, because he's not living anymore. Um, but she, she tells him to get another blanket. Um, and then it seems to start to register a little bit because she like starts to kiss his face and um, cry um, uh, over him. Then he gets taken away in the ambulance. And um, yeah, then it doesn't, that was the peak and now we, we are sad again um, because now Esther is leaving the mansion. I guess she doesn't want to be there without him so everything is getting moved out and she starts to hear John's voice but it is the recording I mentioned earlier being played back through some happenstance of faith just en- just long enough to make her think that he's somewhere in the house um, and to make her cry again um, and then the movie is pretty much over they have what is like a vigil like a memorial for John Um, Esther comes out but she kept her married uh, hyphenated name and there's a tribute it's a combination of her song with one more look at you um, that he wrote for her and his track watch closely now um mm-hmm. and uh yeah then the movie is over yeah. it's again like the parallel there with um funny girl i mean obviously he's like not dead or whatever but like her like being introduced 
with her married like full married name and then going on to sing a song being very sad about you know her husband no longer being her husband yeah um very similar i mean like obviously if i watch these <laughs> movies like years between like with years between each i probably wouldn't immediately be like yeah funny girl and the star is born are the same movie um but like back to back you get to see a lot of like the parallels it's just like oh okay sure but a funny thing i mean maybe not funny um not funny because like i like (laughs) mess and drama but like there was so much mess and drama in the making of this movie that i think the director wrote an article for i can't remember what magazine that's like a huge (laughs) expose of him just being petty just petty so petty there was one line oh wait let me try to find it i asked why they had been ready to let john whose total motion picture experience was a previous marriage to an actress odd hairdressing jobs on movies plus sitting in (laughs) on the set during the making a funny lady direct a six million dollar musical I just, I think it's so funny how mad he was. Wow. Like, I'm sure it was, like, a horrible experience for him and everything. <laughs> but, like, you know, whenever mess happens, the tea that happens afterwards is kind of, like, a fun time to, as, like, a person who's not connected at all, be like, oh, that was kind of funny. Um, speaking of, this is so random, and we'll get into our ratings in a second. But in my class just now, um... For you know, those of you listening, I'm doing a class with NIFA. It's online, um, whatever. And so the teacher, while he like when he like started, um, was like, "You guys might hear random bits of yelling. My neighbors are going through a breakup. Um, I could hear all the tea spilling last night. Uh, she's called him an asshole like 900 times. Um, she." And then at some point during the lesson, he was like, oh, she just threatened, she just threatened to call the mom or something like that. And I just like, I live for people who live for drama. It's just so great. It's just like, oh, look at this man (laughs) telling us the tea of two people. We have no idea what they look like or what their lives are like. And he's like, I'll keep you updated as the course goes. And I'm like, I love it. But anyway, let's get into our ratings. Um, so, the ratings. Uh, starting off with music and choreo. There was not choreo. Uh, yep. Uh, it's not that kind of. It's it's just not that kind of musical. Um, the music, I will say, it's not my. It's not my my tea. It's not my cup of tea, um, for the most part. I sort of uh, liked some of the beginning, and I really liked the version of uh, Watch Closely Now that Barbara did at the end. Um, but as for pretty much whatever, oh, and uh, Woman in the Moon was good. But, uh, yeah, pretty much anything Barbara sang, 
is alright. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, I'll say for music, I'll give it uh, a three. Yeah, I'll give it three suits. Okay. Um, I mentioned this right at the beginning and throughout. I really don't remember any of the songs. Like, outside of having to listen to them again, almost immediately when the movie was over, I was like, oh, shit. What were any of the songs? (laughs) And this is not to say that, like, the performance of the songs weren't great. Because they were. They were great. Barbara Streisand. We know this. We've been around the block so like obviously i love what she was doing i just don't remember it which is maybe not a great thing um when it comes to musicals i said before i don't know if i said it while recording but um like it just none of the songs feel attached to anything or like they mean anything except for that last song i guess but like it's just like you could almost at any like change the order of the songs and almost nothing changes in terms of narrative in terms of mood like you know what i mean like they i don't know they're not memorable anyway so (laughs) all that being said um and i don't want to be harsh i just don't it's not for me i guess um maybe there's someone out there who's like hey listen these songs are my life and i apologize for being so harsh um <laughs> it is very late at night right now <laughs> and so um but anyway uh, it really is uh, <laughs> um i would give it yeah i guess like three because like there are decent songs it's just like if i listen to them a bunch maybe i'd be like yeah you know but So, okay, next we have story. Um, I'm still looking for it. <laughs> um, that's not to say that there isn't an overarching thing that happens, but it's just there's never anything like the story moves forward and then he dies. It's it's very anything that happens in the story never seems to be significant enough to break apart their love it's not significant enough to like cause significant strife to their their personal lives like he faces like he 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 faces no in-world repercussions for most of the things that he's done um uh, we barely, even though it's about um, Esther's career taking off, we we barely get to see a lot of that career taking off. We see his, we see John Norman's career decline much more than we actually see Esther's career rise. Um, like it's it's very background. Um, I don't know I just there's I I feel like because of the way this story is structured it's not it it doesn't have any significantly high or low points and just I don't know 
it doesn't it speak to me. I give it a three. <laughs> I give it um, three. What was the thing? Spray, paint. Spray paints. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it happens, and like not well. <laughs> I remember, like for two hours, or it's like two hours <laughs> or two and a half hours or something. I don't know. It's very long, and like I mean, it's not very long in terms of like what musicals and movies are even but like it just felt long because like I was just like get to the point the whole time like just like tell me just do the things um it felt like it meandered a lot and just like you know I don't know and like at the same time like you're saying it's kind of about Esther but it's also very much about his decline but like it almost doesn't commit to doing either fully like either do like it i don't know it it tries to do both but it doesn't do both well enough um and that kind of yeah. i don't know that kind of takes away from the enjoyability because we don't really get to know e either of the characters motivations or anything like that really um, we don't really get to know them outside of like, uh, like, I don't know. It's just, we don't really know who John is. We see him act absurd, but we don't know him. We don't know why he is this way. We don't know what happened to get him here. Um, we just know that he was already on the decline, already disillusioned, and he just got more and more so until he died. Whereas with Esther, we don't really know that much about her either we don't really know much about her career we know that she gets successful we know we see her a couple of times um doing the thing or whatever performing and rehearsing or whatever but like again we don't see what moves her what i don't know <laughs> we're so detached from these characters that these events and like a lot yeah. of these scenes of them like falling in love or being in love or whatever it's they feel so inconsequential because like nothing else mat like nothing matters almost and it's like i said it's re it's reflected in the move in the music so um that all being said i guess uh i would i would give it like a two and a half spray paints okay and finally overall enjoyment um, did I enjoy this movie? I did not hate it. Mm. I don't, it's not, I don't think I'll particularly ever watch it again. <laughs> uh, I don't know, nothing, nothing about it really spoke to me. And like, I know, like, when it came out, it crushed, like it was, it got an Oscar for the song. I think it was like the sixth rated movie of the year like really? it did well I don't know I might be making that number up <laughs> <laughs> um let me let me actually fact check that oh nope it was the second highest grossing film of 1976 so I I underestimated it um yeah. so it was really popular, I know, but 
for for me living in the right now it doesn't do much for me which is probably why they remade it for another generation because this one is not mine um so i will say for overall enjoyment um it's threes across ow it's threes across the board for me um i can't really I, I can't really pull it out of just being a fairly average <laughs> uh, watch for me. So that is three motorcycles. Cool. I didn't hate it either. As critical as I am. I'm not, I don't hate, I didn't hate it. Um, you know, we all know there are movies that I've hated. This is not one of them. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's we didn't talk about Halloween. <laughs> it's just yeah, no. It 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 just feels like it just happened to me. Um, and like I was super excited to watch it too because I was just like you know a star is born. I know nothing about this string of movies. Um. Except for that, I understand that with each generation, different things, like, even though they take the same plot points, the way that they get to these plot points and things or whatever, and the things that they focus on are reflective of the time and blah, blah, blah. And so I found that interesting. Um, but that's it. <laughs> you know, I found Barbara to be mm-hmm. great singer, obviously. Um and and then that's kind of where it peaks for me. I'm just like, yeah, Barbara, Barbara did a good job, and you know, I'm not mad at it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's I guess a three, three motorcycles. <laughs> Considering I don't really know any of the songs, I'm just gonna do one line. We are obsessed, and that is the jingle because <laughs> that's the only part of any of the songs that Perfect. I remember a new musical inspired by Dickens Charles Dickens work is coming out called Estella Scrooge those actors and others will film their performance separate p- performances separately live and one at a time and then with like green screen and stuff and visual virtual sets and whatever and they're gonna make it a thing and it's gonna be streaming on a streaming site called stream musicals or streaming musicals i have never heard of it and i don't know how much you have to pay and i don't know what even is on there but this stellar scrooge is a thing that's coming it's going to be based on A Christmas Carol, but like is also going to take characters and plot lines from Great Expectations, Little Dorrit, Bleak House, and other Dickens novels. So I think that's pretty interesting, I think. So I don't know um, if we mentioned this last time. We probably did, but the West End uh, is beginning to open up again. This is just provided that we don't go into another lockdown because things are crazy right now. But six is coming back. We have begun hearing some plans 
for more things opening up next year back to the future things like that um also i want to mention uh i don't know if we did this last time kenny ortega oh yeah no i'm pretty sure hocus pocus oh wait no i just talking about the show never mind go on (laughs) (laughs) talking about what show the one with the ghost band on netflix there's a show with a ghost I band? 100%, 100% said it last time. Because <laughs> I was like, Kenny Ortega has the executive very... producer of a show where this girl is like the lead singer of a band and like the rest of the band are ghosts, but you can only ever see them when they're making You sounds. did mention this. Yeah. You did mention this. No, um, Kenny Ortega, this isn't like a, a thing that's happened yet. He just mentioned that he would love to bring Hocus Pocus like to to become a Broadway show. And can you just imagine with me <laughs> Hocus Pocus, the three sisters, just like on stage, but it's like well, not even like a six style show. But just like the whole like it could be Beetlejuice esque. Okay. It has potential. Sure. Yeah. I want it. <laughs> I mean it sounds cool. <laughs> um I you know I I don't wanna be like, I know nothing about Kenny Ortega and his abilities. Listen. <laughs> The thing is, a lot of Kenny Ortega things are part of my childhood. And so, childhood, like, tweenhood to whatever. So, like, I'm, I'm like, always going to be like, yes, Kenny Ortega, produce something. And I'll watch it. <laughs> Ooh, fame yes. happened on The Show Must Go On. I haven't watched it yet, but it happened yesterday. Oh, my God, it must be gone by now. God damn it. <sighs> <How runs. laughs> That's the problem with the show must go on. Right? It's just like... The shows must go on, rather. It's just like there for two seconds and it's like, huh, you didn't catch it? Sorry. And it's like, leave it up for a month and then take it off. Let people get to it. Like, if you don't watch it, the if you don't watch it the minute you hear about it, they will come and shut it off while you're watching it. Yeah rude Ugh. anyway but uh yeah i guess that brings us to the end of the episode um uh it does yeah i just want to say like it's gonna be weird for us i don't i don't know how our uploading how will reflect this but i'm currently and forever no longer in the same country as adicia <laughs> And so, so sad. like time zones and I shit. cry every time. Oh, <laughs> um, so like time zones and like also like I mentioned earlier doing a course, um, musical theater course, but that's based in New York. So like time zones for that are all over the place and I have class literally every day of the week. Um, Monday to Sunday. Um, and so like yeah, the way in which I watch and then record we get to record and then me editing the episodes will change especially for me but I'm gonna do 
my very best to keep it at like an episode every two weeks or like three weeks if we you know like how we've done before where we're like huh ran out of time bitch like <laughs> gonna do it next week um which is what happened this time um but you know like i'm gonna obviously try and keep it as consistent like consistent as possible because that, that's kind of the point of the thing that you get something consistently but again i don't even know like what our listenership is like so so like it could be i could be literally addressing one person right now who's like wait a minute um but yeah just thought i would mention that and be transparent about it in case it does affect anything all that being said <laughs> thanks for listening to the episode um <laughs> and streisand september is over um I don't know. <laughs> Next month is Oztober, isn't it? Yes, it is Oztober. Just like, did you forget? Oh, <laughs> I made up the pun. Of course I didn't. How dare I? Um, so yeah, next month is Oztober. Get excited. Yeah, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TMM, TMM Podcast on, I was about to say Facebook. That's not a thing. Um, <laughs> on Tumblr at tell me more, tell me more podcast.tumblr.com. You can... Also, email us at tell me more, tell me more podcast at gmail.com. You can become a patron um, at patreon.com slash podcast. You can also listen to all of our favorite songs um, from each like movie that we watch on Spotify. If you look for TMM, TMM podcast, you can find us there with our three playlist so far 2018 faves 2019 faves and 2020 faves we are coming to the end of 2020 sort of so that playlist will come to an end um but yeah it's a bunch of songs it's a fun time thank you again um for tell me more tell me more i've been your host leah and i've been your host adicia and we'll catch you in the next one bye bye goodbye